Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Aid Evolved. And me, I'm your host, Rowena Luke. We're taking this space to chat with founders. We're talking to the people who have built social enterprises that are improving lives across Africa. Today, we're chatting with Alain Ntef, the CEO and founder of Healthlane. Here's a guy that Bill Gates loves. Just look it up on YouTube. He's been honored by the Queen of England, the President of Rwanda, and Rebecca Nanchung. So he's got a hell of a cheerleading squad. Alain's approach to digital health has undergone some dramatic changes over the past couple years. And we're going to walk through all the twists and turns of that journey. He started off with Gifted Mom. This service delivered targeted messages to pregnant women about how to ensure a safe and healthy delivery. You might be familiar with similar systems like Mom Connect or Mama. This was all the hype back in 2013 when Gifted Mom launched. And Gifted Mom was wildly successful. It reached over half a million pregnant women and runs in multiple countries in sub-Saharan Africa, even to today. Yet after a few years of running Gifted Mom, after the hype started to die down, and after seeing again and again these heartbreaking instances of women in labor getting to a health facility, but then being treated like shit, Elaine decided to expand the work of Gifted Mom to ensure quality care of women in delivery. Gifted Mom introduced fast-track lanes within hospitals to ensure that women in labor who arrived at the hospital were treated with the appropriate urgency and quality of care. And then, in 2020, everything changed. Alain and Helplane got into Y Combinator, the most successful startup accelerator in the world. And that was the final push he needed to really tackle preventative health by the horns. Healthlane today provides premium health quality assessments. This is a world-class set of comprehensive diagnostics that gives people deep insights into the most important machine of their lives, their own bodies. And you can get this assessment in cities like Lagos, Abidjan, and Nairobi. This gives consumers a quality way to know, to actually know what's going on inside their bodies and the bodies of their loved ones. Okay, so lots to talk about today. Let's dive in. Alain was born in Cameroon. He's a single child of a single mom who loved him deeply and in his words, gave him everything that he ever wanted. He fell in love with computers at the age of 14. And despite lots of pressure from his mom to be a doctor, he ended up studying computer science. But even though he went to the best engineering school in Francophone West Africa, he found the curriculum a bit dry and impractical. So he set up PO Labs, a kind of makerspace for engineering students, where he would gather other students together to learn how to hack Wi-Fi or the electricity bell, or to build a robot and control it with your own phone. Because of this kind of initiative he demonstrated in university, he was selected for the Google Ambassador Program. In 2009-2010, when Google was in the midst of rolling out Android phones in Africa, Google gathered some bright young minds from across Africa, including Alain, in Nairobi, where he first really started to understand the kind of things that he could do with mobile technology. He met other young people from Kenya and South Africa who would build apps, release them on the Play Store, and get hundreds of downloads in just a few weeks. 
So he returned to Cameroon with a bug, an itch, to create something of his own. But he didn't know what exactly. And that's when he started chatting with his friend, Dr. Conrad. So when I came back to Cameroon, I had my friend, Dr. Conrad. He's a medical doctor. At that time, we were all students. Uh, he was doing medicine. So one of the time when we were talking, he was like, I have this issue where I keep losing babies when I went for my medical internship. I give mothers appointments. When they come for the visit, I tell them, come on this day. But I don't see them again until when they are coming to deliver. And they have complications. But it's just when you're about to deliver. Meanwhile, if you had followed your visit, I would have detected this before and we would have addressed this before delivery. It's the same for vaccination. I still have children dying. There's polio vaccine, there's rotavirus. The kids where I serve are not being vaccinated because moms don't know the importance of this and there's no way to follow up. So it was at that point I was like, okay, so let me visit your area. You know, let's, let me see what's happening here. Let me get used to the problem. I did a tour with him. I also did a tour with medical students. This was like 2011. Uh, toured rural, rural areas, semi, semi-urban areas, and even urban areas. And I noticed it was a huge problem, the problem of maternal infant, infant mortality. So that's when we decided to build gift, uh, Gifted Mom. At that time, we didn't have a name. We were just building like... Uh, so I built two solutions. One was the SMS uh, reminder solution for those who didn't have uh, had smartphones. Uh, so he will use that for to register the mothers coming for appointment. And we will, the, the, on the app, you can set like the, all the appointments. And our the users will get the SMS on their phones. They will get SMS education. The goal was really to get women coming back for Atenata Care. For those who had smartphones, I now build like the Android application for with more content, more visual, more options. You could have vaccination card for your baby, you, you know. So... We, we, didn't, we didn't know what social enterprise was. We didn't know what entrepreneurship was. <laughs> yeah, we're just building solutions for the problem that we had. Then 2012, we got, uh, was it 2012 or 2013? We, we got this invite from the Anjisha Prize. So someone told us. The Anjisha Prize? Yeah, Anjisha Prize. It was the first award we had. So someone who had, who had participated in the program before, Cameroonian, Mofo David, so he, he learned about what we were doing. I was like, look, you know, this is actually a business. This is actually a, a social enterprise. You can make this into a business. You can scale this because we're using our money to buy SMS. We're using our money to host the application. You know, you know, you call your mom and you say, if you need like $100 for SMS and hosting. So I'll call my mom. I'll be like, hey, mom, we have like this excursion that we have to go to. <laughs> so I need like $100. <laughs> Yeah, so when she sends the $100, <laughs> we use it for the product. So that's how we started. But Gifted Mom, was it a charity? Was it a nonprofit? Was it an enterprise? So it was actually an enterprise. Ah, didn't know that. Yeah, so when we got into the Anzisha Prize, uh, we won the prize, 25K. That's when, during the mentorship and the business coaching, they told us, look, that was like 2014. It was the first of our prize we, we won. And they told us, look, you're sending SMS. But there's a business behind. Have you thought about meeting FMCGs? Fast-moving consumer goods, FMCG. Yeah, like all the companies producing baby diapers, baby products, 
and see if there's a there's a way in which they can access your database and communicate to your users or even put ads on your app and on your website and on your SMS sponsored by this brand. So, and that's how the business part of hmm. that project came about. So fast forward to 20, 2013 to 2018, uh, we, we had scaled from just 20 users from Dr. Agbo's community to over half a million users across Africa. Wow. Wow, that's insane. I was going to say even, I was I was impressed. Like there were numbers saying there were, there were hundreds of thousands of users. That's huge yeah. growth, particularly coming out of Cameroon. I, I mean, I don't know, sorry, I don't mean to sound disparaging, but like it's, it wasn't just in Cameroon. Like you had, you had pretty massive reach. You were able to enroll a lot of people into your program. That's incredible. And in such a short amount of time too. Exactly. So Cameroon, Nigeria, Kenya, we had people Senegal, we had people downloading the app from everywhere. Then on the SMS side, we rolled mm-hmm. out our SMS programs, not just in Cameroon. We partnered with develop, development organizations, and we are still rolling the SMS reminder solution even today to places like Mauritania. Good to know. Interesting. Like, I know there was so much good press around, and there still is good press around that messaging application, the way that you're supporting women and and uh, newborns to access the health system. And again, lots of coverage, lots of reach. Um, it felt like it was headed in a really good direction. Yeah. And then something happened. Something changed. I don't know if it was around 2019 or so. Healthlane was born. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. Tell me about that shift. What happened? Yeah. So thanks, Rena. So so Gift Demo was it was doing well. We we re- like you mentioned at the beginning, we were received by the Queen, Paul Kagame, the president of Rwanda. Uh, we are doubles oh, wow. at the World Economic Forum preaching the gospel of what we're building. Uh, we got we got also several brands to to advertise on the product. The product also evolved because we started we added a lot more things. We moved from just SMS and the app to actually owning hospital fast track lanes in hospitals. So what we noticed, so 2018, huh. 2019, the model evolved to fast track lanes because we noticed that in public hospitals where there was huge traffic of moms coming for Atenata care, we will, we will send um, an, an, a reminder to, a mo- to our user. She will come to the hospital at maybe 6 a.m. because she wants to take like the first number because there's a lot of moms. A visit can have 100, 200 women waiting. She will, she will, she comes at six, but she's leaving at 1 p.m. Oh, man. So that's about five hours. Poor woman. Yeah, waiting just to get care. That is rough. Yeah. So what we started doing was we, we, we launched fast track lanes, consultation lanes, where if you're a gifted mom user, you could come and you'll receive immediately in the hospital. And in 30 minutes, you're, you're received and you get your consultation and your labs and you're gone. So, so we, we scaled to about, about over 30 lanes across Cameroon and, and even in Lagos. Nice. Yeah, that's great to hear because when you talk to these women, a lot of the times the question, the question is, like, why don't you go to the facility? And they say, well, it's slow, it's uncomfortable. I don't know if the doctor's going to be there. And there's all these concerns about the health system, even if they, if they get the message and such. And so you, yeah. you heard about that issue yeah. and then you, you shifted your offering to address that part of the need. Exactly. And even we had a user, so one experience we had, we had a user that was, she, she completed our program and at nine months, she felt like heavy contractions and she knew that the baby was coming. Mm. She went to the hospital mm-hmm. and she met the personnel that was really tired and the personnel was like, 
no, it's not yet time for you to deliver. And she was like, I'm really feeling contractions, heavy contractions. The baby is coming. The personnel was just attending oh, to another man. person. And this woman was sitting on the, um, at the reception. And not kidding, yeah. the baby actually came at the reception. Oh, my God. And she, that's, she started shouting, like, the baby is here. That's awful. Oh. Then another nurse heard that oh. and came. And that's when they had to rush out to, like, a room. And everything was set up at that point to receive the baby. But it was already, the head was already out. The baby was already out. Oh, my God. Anyone who's delivered a child should be infuriated by this story. It's horrifying. My God. Yeah, it was crazy. It was Yikes. crazy. I think it was at that point that we said, like, look, we, we have to handle the, the experience end to end. If not, we are not adding as, as much value as we should. Right, yeah. right, right. That makes sense. So you were already in the space of expanding beyond messaging. Like, you knew, okay, getting the message out there, communicating with end users, that's one step. Now you have this health lane aspect where you're actually increasing the quality of care at the facilities. Yeah, so we had that role in the 2020 happened. 2020 year of COVID. Uh-huh. 2020. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> we had Y Combinator at that time. Oh. We had been accepted into the Y Combinator program because we wanted to raise a uh, seed round to expand more fast track lanes. We raised $2.4 million. Huh. Was the timing with the pandemic? Yeah. So the shutdown happened in March. Immediately, the pandemic hit in March. There was like lockdown, no flights. I was in San, San Francisco at that time. Couldn't return home. Uh, but, and in the midst of fundraising and all the investors oh, no. are like, we, we don't know what's going to happen. There were all these memos coming out like the world is going to be crazy in the next month. Investors are not going to be investing, you know. Yeah, yeah but YC was like, uh, like very encouraging and we were prepared for this. And we successfully went on to raise a successful seed round from like some of the best investors in the Valley. That's fantastic. Yeah. What did that program yeah. do for you? YC was... One of the most transformative programs I've had in my entrepreneurship journey. It looks that why? way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why? Because before getting to YC, we were trying to raise funds. It took us about two years to raise, um, still in the process of fundraising. We didn't know why we were, we were not raising money. It's only when we got into YC that we noticed like the whole process of fundraising, the whole process, how we're structuring the investors that we're talking to, how we're structuring our growth was not the best. Uh, YC gave us a blueprint for growing our business, yeah, for growing our business and fundraising. And that's why in three months, we're able to close a seed round of two, 2.4 million at a great valuation, which it was, it was a better valuation than what we had before getting into the program, which we didn't, which we didn't even see closing. Yeah. That's amazing. From two years yeah. looking for funding unsuccessfully to three exactly. months, suddenly you've figured it out. Yeah. What's what's an exactly. example of a major change? Like what, what did you change? After everyone's dying yeah. to hear, what was the change uh, that right. you made so, that allowed so, you to secure funding? <laughs> yeah. So before before YC, this is, and I'm, I'm not sure every entrepreneur that maybe hasn't gone through an incubator is going through this right now. We were talking to investors. So YC will tell you, put all your investors, if you're ready and want to invest, don't invest and be running the business at the same time. Block out three months from your business and focus on fundraising. List out huh. all the investors you want to talk to and make sure that you, you manage the conversation with all the investors in this time frame. Why? It, it gets momentum going. There is some aspects of FOMO, fear of missing out. And it gets the, that's momentum and it gets the round closed uh, quickly. 
Before YC, we spent two years talking to one investor at a time. So you can speak with an investor for six months. They tell you, I'm going to invest. They do, 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 they do. We, we had like three audits by, by Deloitte. Mm. Each investor oh. comes, they do, that, they, do, they do their audit. Then they tell you, oh, we Not want this fun. condition before that- we, yeah. <laughs> we want this condition fulfilled before we invest. Then you spend another three months yeah. or six months with another one. So we spent two years, like no organization, no momentum. Those are, those yeah. audits are like the secret, most boring part about starting yeah. a company. You know, like every mm-hmm. receipt, all the bookkeeping, all the accounting. No, yeah. People don't talk about it enough, but that yeah. sounds brutal. You know, two years yeah. you were banging on doors and going through these processes and none of the checks exactly. panned out. Like you must have been really spent by the time exactly. you got to Y Combinator. I was like, I remember the, the evening. So we had an investor. We're about to close. We had gone through. We had we, we had a term sheet that was signed. Uh, we had to go through due diligence. Due diligence had several stages. There was a financial audit, which was done. It was great. There was a technical audit, which was done. There was, we're now on the paperwork, which was really, really cumbersome. When I was talking to other investors and they were like, why are you going through all this paperwork? I didn't understand that as a seed company, at seed stage, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be raising on saves. So save is like a simple document that why, why Combinator did for like to fast track investments at the seed stage. We didn't know this. Mm. So we're going through cumbersome paperwork. So after about maybe nine months of going through paperwork, we had the investors come to our office. We thought we're closing. I told the team like, oh, we've done everything. The investors are coming. We're going to close. So guys, prepare for champagne after this meeting. (laughs) So when when I got into the meeting, we had a a business contract that we're about to sign. And to my mm. surprise, the investor said, so we really want to delay the decision until you sign like the contract that you have on the table. That came from nowhere. Until you close the deal. Yeah, until we close the, the new deal. Like that came from nowhere. Oh man. And we, when they left, I came back outside. My team was still waiting and I told them, that's the new condition. Uh, that The disappointment I saw in their faces, I've never seen, I've never seen that before. Immediately, everyone went home. That was like November of 2019 or maybe maybe earlier, August of 2019. I can't remember. But when I saw that, when everyone went home at night, I, I, I sat in the office. I took a whiteboard and I told myself, I'm not taking money from these guys. I'm going to get into I'm going to get us into Y Combinator. Huh. You know. That's awesome. So wow. I, but yeah, everybody like, tries I mean, to get into Y Combinator. It's the accelerator yeah, to get into. That's yeah, that's yeah. that's crazy, Alan. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was the, uh-huh. I think that was the fourth time we we're applying. And I sent I sent a mail to the investors and I said, Look guys, thank you for coming today. If I don't if we don't get the money, not just the deal close, if we don't get the deal close and the money wired in a month, I give them a date. Uh we are not doing the deal anymore. <laughs> So I sent immediately. I sent that, wow. that. That yeah. Immediately I sent that mail. I knew I closed the door, mm-hmm. and we had uh-huh. to get the white combinator. <laughs> what a bold move! But I can definitely see where you're coming from. You know, these guys. You've already put in so much energy. They're asking this. They're asking that of you. And if they they could have pulled out on on their side, you know, in a month or two or three or five. And you needed to know, like, is this going to cash out? Because if not, you need to get back to running your business. You need to figure out how to pay people's salaries and things like that. Um, so I yeah. think it, it it took a lot of courage for you to to go to someone who has the cash and say, hey, 
either we're in or we're out, but we need to know one way or the other. You know, it's like one of those those ultimatums in a relationship. Like, is this going somewhere? Or <laughs> yeah, should we, yeah. is it time to break up? Like, let's. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was oh, the, man. The, oh, man. the best decision we made. I think it was the best decision we made. Because after that, I got, I contacted a, a friend, also Cameroonian, who had gotten into Y Combinator before. And I said, look, guy, you need to help me out. I also went to YC Startup School. That is the best. We, huh. we, we, we had applied three times and we didn't get into YC. Uh-huh. But when I went through the YC Startup School, which is free on YouTube, when I went through their resources, huh. I knew why we didn't get in. I knew it, that, that course, why not? YC why Startup didn't you get School, in? <laughs> yeah, it tells you how to, how to think about your business idea, how to structure the thinking, how to grow. So it, it has like, how to even pitch it. Yeah, so it has like, I think it's about 10 or 11 classes of videos with all the content and that's all you need to get your business on the right track and to get your application ready for Y for YC. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Listeners, you got to yeah. tune in. This is, this is the thing to watch this YC startup yeah. school. Exactly. So, but as I as you were, was it when you were putting together your application for the program or was it yeah. during the, yeah. the months of the program that you saw <laughs> gifted mom transform into help lane? Yeah. So even even after the program, we didn't see we we completed. So we we needed to change your name. So I remember, I think I need to call Talia Frankel. Talia Frankel was uh, a YC partner at that time, and uh, so YC when when the like your application, the call for an interview. I think I need to say this part because it's really it's a, it was a life changing moment. YC told us, yeah, when we submitted the application, they told us, yeah, we like your application. Can we get on the call to learn more about what you're building? We got on the call and it was good. And they told us, we, yeah, we really like this. At that time, we were pitching the fast track lanes that we're building. So they told us, uh, we would like you to come to Mountain View to interview with us for this. So when we got to Mount, yeah, when we got to Mountain View, you get into the hall, you have seven minutes to pitch the YC partners. Uh, there are about five partners pitch, uh, that you have to pitch to. Uh, yeah, so when you get in... Intense. The goal, the goal is you have to one partner has to believe in what you're building uh, and say, I want, I want that startup. So you need just one partner to have that conviction. So when we got in, we're pitching. And when we finished, we didn't the ask question. You don't know how it goes. And after, the, after, after you've pitched, so the thing with YC is if you get a call, maybe about two or three hours later, you've got into the mm-hmm. program. If you don't get a call, you get an email at night telling you they've rejected you. So after oh, man. that interview, so that whole day, you're yeah, just walking around yeah, on pins and needles. Yes. Uh, it is crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> we didn't get a call. Then at That's night, intense. at night, I was like, okay, oh, no. uh, I'm going to book my flight back because we didn't get a call. So I'm just waiting for the email. Then actually, I get an email. Oh. And I'm like, oh, my God, we didn't get rejected. Okay. But let me just read like what the, their excuse is this time. When I clicked on the email, it was you gotta read the email. email. It was actually asking for more information. Send us more information about this, about that. So we sent more information. And the next day, I had already booked the flight. So I was flying back. I was was flying back to Cameroon. Then at the airport, I got a call. What? That's when Talia Frank... At the airport? At the airport. That's wild. So she called me and she was like, "Uh, we really like what you're building. Uh, We decided to fund uh, Gifted Mom, get into the program. Amazing. 
Yeah, that was Amazing. life changing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. I can only imagine. You must have been in a daze. She told me that was like the best news I've ever heard in a long time. <laughs> so when we came back, I told my partners, everyone was happy. At least we had secured uh, some funding. Finally. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they take you into the badge, there's some cash. And there's also the promise to raise more. So that was good. So when we got into the program, Talia, the YC partner, uh, for my group, the one thing she said was, you need to change the name from Gifted Mom because I don't see Gifted Mom being the name of a billion-dollar company. You know, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. I love moms. Don't get me wrong. I love gifts. But I agree. It's like you're, you don't, you're not going to only serve moms with the technology that you have and the reach that you have. That makes so much sense to me. Exactly. So she really took, the, took it personal. So we started looking for a name. Then we, we felt... Because we're doing fast track lanes for for moms and in the future, every, hopefully everyone. That's how Health Lane came about during the YC program. I like it. Putting your health on the fast track. Exactly. So after the program, after we had raised, I think this was the second like transformative moment for us and the product. So in June, still 2020, June of 2020, I came back. I had COVID. So I couldn't visit my 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 mom. Mm-hmm. Then later in June, she had. You had COVID. Yeah, I had COVID. Oh, no. I was down for about two weeks <laughs> immediately after returning. Then later on in in later on that month, I lost my mom. Oh no! That was so abrupt. I'm so sorry. Wow. Yeah, she was sick for a week. In 2020, you said. 2020, yes. Thanks. She was sick. She went to a hospital, and the usual the usual typhoid or malaria. So she, uh, she was being treated on typhoid or malaria. Then it accelerated and in the space of a week, she passed away. Oh, that's so fast. And the final doctor report was sepsis. So some bacteria shutting down your organs really fast. So that was, so when that happened, it was really like, like the biggest blow that I've had. Yeah, it was a very big blow. And before that, even she was, she has always, she, she has always been sick and she would go to the hospital and there would be like typhoid or malaria. Um, there was even a time I, I, I told my doctors like, look, why is it that every time mom is sick, she goes to the hospital, the, the, the prescribed have a lot of antibiotics. There was a time she went and she came back and we saw she had seven medications and four of those were antibiotics. And my, huh. my doctors had to be the one saying like, ask her not to buy this, this, and this. She should buy only this one. And so from that, I, I started noticing like, even before she passed away, there was always this problem of, it's true, we're fast-tracking, we're fast-tracking access to doctors and to healthcare, but what type of healthcare are we fast-tracking access to? Even the quality of healthcare. That's a great question. Yeah, even the quality of health, because at the end of the day, we're just optimizing already poor healthcare. Interesting. So what what was happening with her is she showed up, you know, she was a certain age. The doctors just assumed it was always typhoid. It was always malaria, but it wasn't like you found out afterwards. It was sepsis. It was something else. You saw there was something missing about how she was treated and how she should have been treated. Exactly. So that, that, that aspect of care was, was missing. This was even before she passed away. I've always thought about doing a complete health check for her. But usually when you go to the hospital, the, the doctor is, I've seen, I saw the doctors that were giving fast track access to, they would just say, 
yeah, it's true you've come for a checkup, but why are you feeling pains? Where is the issue? Is there any symptom you're having? So there was no protocol at that time for a comprehensive checkup. It's based on the symptoms you're currently having. So if I have, if I have, and or it's based on the symptoms you're currently having, or maybe the usual um, diabetes, blood sugar check and hypertension check. So if I have something happening with my liver, my kidney, if I have, if I'm in, have, if I'm predisposed to cancer, if I have something wrong with my hormones, this is not being detected until it happens, until it, you're already sick. If I have something happening with my cholesterol levels, they are really high, I'm at risk of having heart attack or stroke, it's never going to be detected until I actually have the heart attack or stroke. I see what you mean. Like so much about the healthcare institution is built around treating acute aches and pains where they exist once they've developed to a certain point. But your your theory, what you believe, is that we can find that sooner. Like there should be a way to find someone and make sure that we can we can get ahead of the disease and not just wait until the eleventh hour, particularly someone who who might be might be more at risk, like your mom, for example. Exactly. Yes, so that's that's totally correct. So once that happened, after laying her to rest, I told the team, look, we are healthy now. We should give everyone access to healthcare, but the right quality of healthcare. So today, uh, and that's how Gifted Mom evolved to Healthlane. Uh, we still have our solution for moms, the SMS. The app is still on the Play Store. We are rolling out our SMS application in clinics across Mauritania. But we also have Heldlin, the core Heldlin, uh, with the mission today to give everyone access to the right healthcare. Because with this, you can live longer, you can live healthy, you can spend more time with your loved mm-hmm. ones, and you can actually spend more time achieving your goals here on Earth. So how we do this I today? Yeah. So how we do this today is we provide for everyone. We provide a comprehensive checkup. So the same quality like what you go do in Dubai or in London or in Paris. We run, we, we check over 84 biomarkers. We give you a personalized care plan, nutrition, exercise, supplements, immunization. So we are really your partner for, your, for long-term health. Wow, 84 biomarkers. I don't think I've ever had that much information about myself and my body that I live in every day. Exactly. We, we try to spread it throughout the year and we make it non-technical. So you're not actually counting the biomarkers one after the other. We're working with you to really identify, are you at risk of hypertension of diabetes? Is the kidney doing well? Is the liver doing well? Are you predisposed to cancer? If yes, what type of cancer? Uh, and how do we uh, change your lifestyle in such a way that you don't? this does not develop and become a problem in the short term or long term? Uh, if you already have pre-existing conditions, the goal is not just to manage. Traditional medicine today, or which is like we always say, the medicine of today is 20-year-old 20 20 year medicine. It's based <laughs> around managing, yeah, it's based, it's based around managing pre-existing conditions. There's no reason why your dad ha- has been having hypertension and been on treatment for the last 10, 20 years. With, your dad can actually reverse hypertension uh, we just 60 minutes of exercise every day and in three to six months, that blood sugar, that blood pressure is down. So we started, and when we started, when we changed the model, we started attracting the right persons. Like we have doctors today that have actually 
they were in the old school of medicine taking drugs and they had the, the lifestyle changes and they reversed their own pre-existing conditions. So that's the gospel we are preaching today at Health Lane. And that's the value we give users today. Yeah, I get what you're saying, because there's definitely a, a, a culture of, of over-medications and throwing too many antibiotics at a problem and letting people get sicker and sicker. Whereas just doing a little bit earlier in the stage could redirect someone's life and, you know, make them happier and healthier. Like it can be, it could be a very positive experience if it's set up correctly. Now, my understanding of Healthlane is, so it's it's not it's not an insurance company and it's not it's not like you're running your own hospitals and clinics. Is it is it true that you run your own laboratory so you can provide these diagnostics and that's a key part of the physical infrastructure that you're running? Exactly. So today we are we are not an insurance. Insurance is there to take care of you when you're sick. We we have our plans keep you healthy uh, so that you don't fall sick. We run our own facilities in Lagos and in Cameroon, where we've invested in the best equipment to run like uh, blood and urine testing to provide a complete vaccination, uh, to provide the supplements you need. And also we are introducing, we're going to be introducing genetic testing soon with a partner. Oh, interesting. Just Yeah, just to make sure that from your genetics, we can know what you're predisposed to and actually prevent it from happening. Interesting. So Good to know. There is plans to scale this across other parts of Africa, Kenya, even South Africa. The baby, uh, we are looking at South Africa. We know more developed labs, and we may. The plan is to come just with um, our algorithm for taking care of you for the rest of the year, and we outsource the testing part to existing labs that have the infrastructure that we have today in Cameroon and Nigeria. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Are you at liberty to talk about? your business model? Like how does this grow? How does it sustain? How does it scale? Yeah. Yeah. So today we have different options. You can pay just for a check, a world-class check. Um, it's going, it, it costs about three to $500, depending on the, the currency or the market for a check. But if you want to get on the annual subscription plan, it's about uh, $1,500 a year, but with the option to pay monthly. So you can pay like $100 every month. There's an there's an initial fee you have to pay, then after that hundred dollars every month to, to get access to care. So that's that's that the makes model sense. today. Yeah. And are you are you looking primarily at the, the broad consumer base? Or are you are you partnering with, with corporates and insurance or are you doing both all at the same time? Yeah, so we're doing both. On the on the testing part, on the checkup side, uh, we are partnering with corporates and um, insurance or HMO, like how you call it in Lagos. But we are also open for, on the annual subscription part, this is more for middle class and uh, high network high uh, network individuals that are willing to like just, because healthcare, there's a saying that um, when you wake up in the morning, you're looking at solving your money problems. It's when you've solved your money problems that you start looking at other things like healthcare. So for the annual subscription part, we're looking more at middle income people who want a more comprehensive picture of their health and really all people who are abroad and want to, I need a partner for taking care of the health of their parents because they may not have like uh, enough time, but they have the funds. So those are the type of target users. But for the general uh, population, if you can't afford that annual subscription, you can still get a, a good a comprehensive check with health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes, that makes sense. I mean, it does, it does sound like at that price point, you're targeting more, more the middle class and not, not the, 
the lower class, right? So that's, I think that's a significant change in your approach, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know Gifted Mom was initially targeting the very poor and now you've, you've shifted to more a middle-class offering. How does that, is that, is that a change that you've made in, in homage to, to your inspirations or is that, is that something, do you, how do you see that connecting back to, you know, to the, to the overall impact picture that you're seeking? So that is a, that is a great question, Rona. So when we started Helden, it was because of a problem we had seen from low-income users. What we noticed growing the business was, even though we needed, even though we had a business part of it that somehow made it sustainable, what we noticed was serving solely the poor was limiting in terms of two aspects. First, you didn't have the returns you needed to scale and serve more people. So you had to balance, you had to, the other, you had to balance your accounts using grant money and that wasn't sustainable. And the second thing was serving low-income people, you may be left behind with the growth of technology. So let me, let me get into that. On the, on the part, on the finances, we notice like the telcos, for example, MTN or Orange, they make money from everyone and they can go build, MTN can decide today to build, school, to build hospitals in all rural areas in Cameroon. But that's because they've made money be- They've made money first. I hope they do so. We'll see. They've made money and now they can create impact. So they have the power. Yeah, but if when you don't have the money, the, 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 how you can create impact is limited. That's what we noticed. Secondly, we noticed on the technology side, we noticed with time, technology becomes cheaper and you can serve more and more people. So if we take the example of the smartphone, when it came, only a handful of people could, could get. But as technology was improving, now you can, everyone is, you can get a smartphone for even $30. It's the same with genetic testing. Genetic testing used to be a million of dollars, but today with $100, you, can, you get a genetic test. And we believe that's where we are today, where today, it's true we say middle, we're, we're targeting middle class, but as testing technology and reagents become more and more affordable, um, our solutions become more and more affordable for everyone. Agreed. Totally. That's that's happening every single day. Thank you so much, Alain. The last few minutes for you is to run through our rapid fire questions. Uh, the first question for you, Alain, is about donors and investors. Do you have any requests, feedback, guidance uh, for people that fund the kind of work that you do? Yeah, yes, feedback will be, please don't stress the founder, especially if it's the seed stage. <laughs> if you like the project, you like the impact, give the check and wire the cash immediately. So that's feedback. Request will be, we, we, are, we are not currently fundraising, but we are happy to talk to people that are interest, interested in preventative healthcare. A lot of people are looking just at sick care and uh, low-income individuals, but we would like to talk to people looking at our space. Sounds great, Alain. Next question is advice. If you could take a step back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? So advice will be think bigger and be bolder. Why this? Just because it's the same advice I, I keep giving myself even today. So, um, <laughs> so I think it's, it's good. It's advice I would have given like my uh, 17 year old or 24 year old and you can do it. So think, 
think bigger, be bolder. You can do it. You can do anything you want. I love it. Life hack. What's one habit you've adopted in your life to keep yourself effective, productive, or motivated? So productive, it's, I think this is really important. Um, there's a lot of things to do as a founder. Usually during the day, you're, you're either selling or you're talking to customers or you're talking to investors or you're, doing con- or you're having conversations like this. It's always important that in the evening you cool down so that at night you can actually work on brainstorming, planning, strategy, and all those things. If you want to put them all during the day, you may not have enough time. So I think that's one productivity hack for me. Nice. I love that because strategy doesn't happen if you're working 90 hour weeks and always, you know, under the gun for this, this, this. You need a little bit of space to make that happen. For fun, can you recommend a book, a blog or a podcast that you've enjoyed personally? What I would recommend, especially for, I don't know if it's for fun, but what has really been a guide for me has been the Y Combinator blog or the Y Combinator mm. website. There's there's tons of resources there. How to prepare for your seed, for your Series A, how to recruit. It's a it's a huge community. And if you're looking at that, I spoke earlier about the, the startup school. And there are also lots of interviews there. So if you if it's a great resource for, for anyone who is in the space. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alain. For anyone who's listening to this podcast that wants to find out more about you or about Healthlane, where's the best place to do so? About Healthlane, the, the social media platforms or the website is good. So Healthlane.co. On Twitter is Healthlane. ID is Healthlane. Facebook is Healthlane. <laughs> I'm Alain Tef on Twitter. My DMs are open, so you can always reach out to me. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Yeah, thank you, Rowena. And thanks for having me on your podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you like what you heard, share it with your people. Be they on LinkedIn, Twitter, or in real life. And don't forget to click subscribe so you get notified of new episodes when they come out every two weeks. We'll see you soon.